I don't know. Do you count off anymore? The only change we've made is maybe it seems, it seems like when one person is like, hi, I'm so-and-so the host of material and Hey, we've got two people with, with me today. So now it's what we introduce ourselves. Well, I'm taking over the show tonight, Andy. So I'm sorry. I'm going to, I'm going to get this party started. That's fine. I'm, I, I'm glad you have that much trust in Russell and I to like not be not spend a lot of the podcast intimating about the secrets you've told us about and saying, oh, but uh, the, our editor is going to delete all of this and then pretend as though the editor didn't see that. Oh, no, <laughs> the editor forgot to see that. Let's just, yes. let's, let's just say that the, the tables have turned because now your health insurance and the health insurance of your family is now relying on the two of us not screwing you over. Exactly. So please, please <laughs> think of my family as you as you ask me questions. Please. I have children. <laughs> please, please. <laughs> Uh, and we have a show title. <laughs> and I have, there we go, show title. Well, sorry, Andy and Russell. I'm taking over the show tonight, so I'm going to get us started. Welcome to Material, a show all about the Google and Android universe hosted on the Relay FM network. I am not one of your hosts. But I am a good friend of the show. I used to be a host. Yasmin, Evian, and joining me always and forever, tech columnist Andy Anako. Hello, and, and I'm, I wish that you had left an opening for me to say, oh, you got fired already, or you already, oh. you already saw that thing you weren't supposed to see and you resigned in moral disgust, but we're glad to have you back as a regular on the show. But I can't make that joke, so I will say, oh my God, it's so nice to have you back and, and talking to you again. I, I just don't want that to become a reality, so I didn't even want to let that happen. <laughs> and, and also, other guests, or not guests, you're a host. <laughs> Sorry, Russell. <laughs> I've been demoted to guest. She's she's back for th- she's back for th- two and a half minutes, and already she's back in her regular role. <laughs> left jab, right jab, left jab, right jab. Russell's down. Mobile app developer Russell Ivanovich. <laughs> oh, I'm bleeding, Yasmin. I need some bandages or something. Cut me, Mick. Cut me. <laughs> yes, yes. The three of us are back for the. Drum roll. 100th episode. I was waiting for someone to jump in. Yay. One, zero, zero. (laughs) We teased it last week. Uh, Last week, we had we, we, I say we, they had their Google I.O. episode. And I I jumped in. Russell recorded from the Googleplex. And I was able to listen in and also just say hi from there. So that was fun to see you all. And I'm glad I get to see you all again and actually uh, talk to you for a more extended period of time. So, yes, all the listeners have been asking, are you going to be able to come back up material? And although this is this is not me coming back on the show, this is you, you get a, a little bit of me. So, you listen, go. you, you either have none of me or a little bit of me. I'm sorry. A little that, bit those of Yasmin in your podcast. A little bit of Yasmin in your Unfortunately, that's all I know about the song. A little bit of Yasmin is better than a whole lot of many, many people that I know in this business. So, I'm glad. I'm glad. I miss you guys. I have... Also, we, we oh. got to have you back for big episode 100. You, you hey, got look, a cake. I, I got a cake. <laughs> specially decorated. Russell, you need to take a picture of this. Can you take a picture oh, wait, of this, I got, Russell? Hang on. I got the... Oh, my or, gosh. I no. also have... Okay. Listen, you know how expensive I, it is to buy, buy a little tube of frosting and a uh, pre-made cake? Close the chat. Listen, you are... You are... You're making me... Um, you're, you're setting expectations that every time I record with you, Andy, I am going to get some cake. What except a, you're eating you must it. Smile for cake photo. But... but to make you jealous, Andy and Russell, what do I have in front of me? 
A cookie. Uh, oh, something, a someone cookie. flattened something. Cookie. Cookie. You had something in your house, someone drove over it, maybe? It's a cookie. Or what, what do you call them? Biscuits? What do you call them in Australia? <laughs> we did definitely you, do not call them cookies. They are biscuits. No, they're biscuits. Well, I have an American cookie, an Australian biscuit. It's chocolate, and they are from the Google uh, SF San Francisco office, and they taste so delicious. And and here's the best part. They have this like salt on them. They're like salted. And so, oh my goodness, it's so amazing. So I am going to pull an Andy and I'm going to eat it in front of y'all and you get to hear it and not enjoy. I'm sorry. I have but one question, Yasmin. How much did this cost you? Mm, mm. Well, you know, the best things in life are free. <laughs> can't, can't tell you how jealous I am of wish I had that one chocolate chip cookie instead of this entire cake in front of me. Russell, do, 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 did you bring a snack? Uh, I brought this... Uh Perfume bottle, which I believe is alcoholic. If I spray enough of this in my mouth, <laughs> we can have a lot of fun. Don't try it'll, that. It'll give you a buzz. It's a lot, lot fancier than being one of those Purell drinkers, <laughs> of which of which there are those in America. I don't know about Australia. Look, it is labeled Boss as well, which just says You're everything. You're a boss. Know. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. So there we go. Everyone brought snacks to the party, except there for Russell. You know, Russell, always slacking, always slacking. Uh, no, but again, it's good to be back. It's good to get out of the week of I.O. Um, a lot of fun things announced, so it's been fun. And it was my my third Google I.O., but my first one as a Googler. So I got to experience what it's like to be on the other side. <laughs> so how now, obviously, there are things you can't talk about. We are going to respect that. But within oh, yeah. within that framework, <laughs> how how what, what, how is it different knowing that you are you, you've you've crossed the golden threshold? You are the elevated person who has the cool T-shirt that no one has seen before, but realized that if I worked at Google, I would be able to get T-shirts like that. Um, did you see the T-shirts they gave us? Because I'm not so sure you would be saying that. Oh, were, just were... kidding, swag team. No, no, some of the, no, I take it back. The Google <laughs> I.O. shirts looked beautiful and wonderful. And I actually bought a, sweat, a one of those hoodies and it says like r- runs on code. It was a nice, nice hoodie and it kept me warm. Uh, but we did get some like of the developer shirts and listen, maybe to someone they look great, but it's not really my style. So I'll, uh, I guess I'll refrain from passing judgment, but uh, it did have my name printed on it. So thank you, Google. That was really nice of you. Uh, but, but no, yeah, it's definitely different being on the other side. You know, when you go to IO as someone that's an attendee, you're consuming all this information, right? It's just like you're there to consume. It's just wonderful. Um, and being on the other side as a Googler, uh, a lot of it is more we're here to serve. You know, the whole event of Google is to is to help uh, developers, designers, product people, anyone working on Google platforms to learn and, you know, get time with Googlers if they have questions, do design reviews, which is one of the things that I did, but also just learn about the new things and also how to better uh, make you know better apps and whatnot and integrate into platforms so it really is all about the attendees and making sure the event goes smoothly for them and I've heard really really positive things you know last year I went to Google I.O. in Shoreline as an attendee so I can say that it was miserable it was really really (laughs) hot it was really hot and like I mean you couldn't get into any of the any of the um, talks because they ran out of seats and it was just it was terrible it's terrible but you know one of the things oh, we, we did listen and I think you know Russell I, I you you are from an attendee like give me the perspective yeah how I, was it compared I, I don't to last want people year? to think you're a shoey I mean you're like everything's better now that I'm on the Google team we know it's true but <laughs> I have to say same as you I attended last year this year I attended as an int- attendee again that's a that's a mouthful but 
I got to say almost every single bit of feedback that I heard last year, you know, not enough shade, really hard to get into sessions, uh, no certainty of getting into sessions, massive lines for like pretty much everything. Uh, the tents are too small. I could, I could go on all day. Developers like to whine. Have you ever noticed that? But <laughs> the thing is like I went there this year and I'm like, well, it's going to be a little bit better for sure. But almost every single thing was improved down to the fact that they were actually letting people reserve sessions ahead of time like just through the app or through the website, and then they'd actually NFC tag uh, your badge on the way in, and it actually worked. I'm like, oh, this is never going to work in a million years, technology and beep beeps, but it, it totally worked. And there, I don't think there was a single session I couldn't get into. It was amazingly well organized. So to all awesome. the Googlers, and especially Yasmin, because hey. clearly you organized the whole thing, <laughs> amazing job. And I have to say it feels like this is going to sound cheesy as heck, so I have to get this out of the way at the start of the show. It just feels like Google giving the development community just a big hug. It was, yeah, yeah. it was a nice experience. And I saw a lot of that kind of sentiment on Twitter. For the things that uh, have been said that were uh, not not positive about last year's, that was the first year they were in Mountain View, wasn't it? The mm. uh, Google I.O. Last so, year, yeah. So the first time, so if if the, not, so I'm, I'm not going to say extend this idea so that the organizers of the Fire Festival should feel less bad about what they did, but you don't every no battle plan ever survives contact with the enemy if we define the enemy as developers, which historically has been how the develop how the creators of an operating system have regarded developers. But what I'm saying is them. Uh, so that, it looks it looks like they're cer- they're certainly listening to what people were saying last year uh, and trying to improve things. And so it sounds like next year is going to be even better. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not. Uh- <laughs> Is it, Google is a very big company, and I am not on that team. Oh, right. Actually, as a notice, one thing, um, I would like everyone to know that I, Yasmin Evian, am here not representing Google at all. Um, I'm here as uh, just a person. I'm just a, person, a person, just like you. And what a person, Yasmin. Can we, can we see your wrist for a second? I'm sorry if this sounds a little bit oh. weird. What is that? You've, you've gotten rid of the tablet, Yasmin. You've changed. I've, you know, I'm... <laughs> You got this thing on your wrist that looks slightly appropriate for being on a woman's wrist. You know, uh, uh, I'm moving on up in the world here, and I got myself before I came a a uh, watch that fits my wrist a lot better than than the other one I had. It's uh, I got the I gave in and I got the LG Style actually like right before I moved here because um, it was on sale, and I. I actually really like it, like, and I've actually had a lot of women who aren't in tech, like, just seeing me, like, at the pharmacy or whatever, um, giving me feedback saying, oh, wow, that's a really nice watch. What is that? So props to to the teams over there trying to make them look a little bit uh, more fashionable because people have noticed. Yeah, there, there are a lot of really cool things about Android Wear. There's, it was pretty much invisible during the keynote itself, uh, but in the videos, and we will... Now, to every listen, all the listeners, like I said, Yasmin is here uh, with uh, two goals in mind. Number two is to make us feel a little less sad about uh, missing her because now we get another a, a fresh infusion of Yasmin in, uh, in our in our show. Uh, number one is states. to make sure that is to make sure that we don't get her to say anything that she's not supposed to talk about. So so that we we have the soundproof uh, suite. We're going to call it the VIP two suite. Uh, that she can enter when we start when we start talking about uh, actual Google I/O <laughs> stuff, which we're not going to be talking about in for a while. But so when we talk about when we, when when, Ye- when Yasmin goes into the soundproof VIP suite, which has got full <laughs> bottle service, by the way, uh, we'll talk about that later. But I, I really. I was glad to I was really glad to see the difference between whereas the keynote made me think oh geez I didn't they didn't really talk much about what was going on there I hope that doesn't mean bad things for Android Wear but then I saw like the session they had for developers and like ooh that's gonna be really nice 
Yeah, yeah, they've taken a lot of the um, the libraries that they're working on, and it seems like they've integrated them with the rest of the Android sort of experience. I don't know how separated the teams were before that. I'm not super clued into it, but I can tell you at least the support library side of things, which is the thing we use to you know build a whole bunch of components for the watch, is actually now integrated into the Android project. So it's open source. It gets released when that library gets released, and I think they promised releases of that every two months. So development of that is yeah moving faster than ever, which is which is good. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like a. It doesn't seem like uh, I, I always loved Android Wear, but it always seemed like sort of a team that was renting offices on the Google campus. So there was certainly a lot of communication between the Android team and Android Wear team. But what they were showing off uh, during their sessions seemed like no, this is emphatically part of Android. This is every part of the future of uh, Android O is informing the future of Android Wear as well. Uh, and it seems as though there are a lot of interfaces that uh, that really, especially especially taking advantage of the fact that this is a round watch face, we are not going to simply live well within the, for the idea of a round watch face. We are accepting the fact that every single watch now pretty much is going to be round. So we're going to make things that look so awesome in a round UI. Uh, when I'm on uh, uh, Mac break, sometimes we, I, uh, the subject watches come up, come up, of course. And um, Renee Ritchie, uh, who is the Grand Pooba of iMore, says... Which is not says, and this is not an incorrect uh, idea that oh well, the thing is all data tends to be formatted for square things to begin with, and that's why round watch faces maybe aren't the best idea. Uh, and I argue against that because I think that the Android Wear round really looks really cool, but it really looks like no, we're not going to even care if this doesn't work well on a square face. We're going to make things that work well in a dial format, and we're going to make this the lack of corners into an advantage rather than something that it's hard to get your head around. So like I said, I can't. Uh, this is once again a reminder to myself that my Android Wear watch is two years old, and if they come up with a new model later this year uh, that's going to run whatever the next Android Wear is, I'm going to be really excited to get at it. Yeah, and I think it's important to, to balance this out with the fact that it does seem like there's been a few problems with Android Wear in the past, but I'm hoping this means they're, they're moving on from it, right? Um, uh, Phil, when he was there, he met with some of the developers. They were really excited about the future. In fact, there was one particular component which we were trying to stick into our watch app which wasn't available, and he talked to the, you know, the developer that works on that particular component. He's like, she was like, oh, I can add that for you. And he's like, oh, cool. <laughs> so basically, like, you know, it's, it's the whole like, feedback loop, and I think it's a good thing. And yes, they did stumble like end of last year all the way to this year. It's still not available on a whole bunch of watches and that that is a bit peculiar but I'm hoping this you know is the start of you know all that sort of working itself out. So what you're saying Russell is that Yasmin doesn't have all of the power. Russell sometimes says it too. Maybe Andy they can ask of things <laughs> of Google and it happens. Well this was Phil to be fair. I'm not sure I have oh, any power. Um, oh. He's so charming in a British way. Like he doesn't listen to this <laughs> podcast so I can I can say that. So he he won't know what we say. <laughs> I'm, I'm so I'm so glad that, you know, you Australians, you have that forgive and forget atmosphere that, you know, the Brits, they have not always treated Australians very well, starting with how they made you into Australians to begin with. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you just, you're just, you're, again, let bygones be bygones. We can work together to make great software. Now, Russell, <laughs> uh, uh, actually, I, I'm feeling guilty because but while you were talking, both Yasmin and I were eating. So mm -hmm. if you, if, so what I've got, so if you were to like open your mouth, I'll take a picture that makes it looks like you're also enjoying, tur turn a little bit to this way. Uh, turn your head there. You're, oh, no, no, other way, other way. <laughs> like that. Stop, stop, stop. Beautiful. Okay, and there you go. That's not going to come back to haunt me at all. But you know what also makes me hungry? Blue Apron. 
Are you allowed to do that? Ah, <laughs> oh, he has been throwing me straight into the ad. Yes, we, we do have a sponsor. <laughs> we love them. Um, this episode of Material is brought to you by Blue Apron, the number one recipe delivery service that has the freshest ingredients. For less than $10 a meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with fresh, high-quality ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone while supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the highest standards for ingredients and building a community of home chefs. Blue Apron's seafood is sourced sustainably under standards developed in partnership with the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch. Their beef, chicken and pork come from responsibly farmed animals and their produce is sourced from farms that practice regenerative farming. I mean, all that's, you know, pretty cool stuff, but you might be thinking, oh, what kind of stuff am I going to get? Well, the things I want you to know is no recipe is repeated within a year, so you'll get a steady supply of fresh recipes. You don't have to eat the same meal every time. Um, and you'll be able to cook some meals like this. So think about maybe... Beef teriyaki stir-fry with sugar, snap peas and lime rice. Sounds all right. Sounds pretty good, actually. Uh, Three cheese and baby broccoli stromboli with tomato and oregano dipping sauce, which is, yeah, these things sound really, really good. And if you're in the continental US, they deliver to 99% of it. Sorry, Australians. There's no weekly commitment, (laughs) so you only get deliveries uh, when and if you want them. And their freshness guarantee means that every ingredient arrives ready to cook or they'll make it right. So check out this week's menu and get three meals free with your first purchase, including the first shipping. Uh, Go to blueapron.com slash material. So again, blueapron.com slash material. I'm going to thank Blue Apron for their support of this show and Relay FM. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. So, like we like we we're talking about, uh, there are uh, there are two different versions of Google I/O. There's the version that you're seeing during the two and a half hours, for heaven's sake, and the <laughs> keynote is going on. But then there are going to be days and days and days of what Google I/O was really meant for, which is for developers who are incredibly and materially interested in certain topics to hear really focused sessions uh, about their stuff. And a lot of the great, really cool stuff doesn't really come out until you as i did spend between two and five days on sofa on sofas and in bed <laughs> watch watching stuff and taking notes as you go along um so what let's go since you are a developer and you, you are part of the target audience what was what what was the sort of stuff that you really got really excited about that wasn't in the keynote uh that wasn't in the keynote that is a good question what's was the well, notification we, we, we talked about the keynote last week so yeah yeah oh, okay so some of the things we might not have mentioned last week is picture in picture I don't remember if that got a mention or not, but it was. If it was, it was extremely yeah. brief because I don't. Remember. Wait, I, I think that I think that I was little. If I mentioned it, I was a little bit derisive. Like, oh, great! That thing that I, the feature that I was using on my iPad that I've had for the past year and a half, two years to watch the keynote is now available on Android. Yeah, because I thought that because they demonstrated it as, oh, look and look, look what you can do with YouTube. But it wasn't until the developer videos that it was explained that I understood that no, actually, it's more like here is the, the developer can create sort of a tiny poster stamp version of its interface containing just stuff that would be useful for a picture-in-picture sort of display. So, for instance, I'm always, after I hail a Lyft car, I'm always like dipping back into notifications or back into the app. See, oh, is it is he delayed? When's when's he coming? Uh, Lyft, set, let's say, could create a picture-in-picture view so that when I do picture-in-picture on Lyft, it, I get this little poster stamp floating above everything else. It says, 18 minutes, your driver's name is Carl. And if I touch it, then there'll be a button saying contact Carl or cancel ride. Cool. And then, of course, if I then then I can dip back into the full app if I want to. But I just want to be able to continue to look at Instagram. But I still want to keep an eye on when the car is coming. And that got me super excited about picture in picture on Android. Yeah, definitely, Andy. Can I throw some uh, developer terms at you? I gotta I gotta up my legitness here. So consider this new in Android O concurrent compacting garbage collection. 
Ooh, finally. So ex- yeah, finally. Jehoshaphat. And the so wait, does that mean that I can say, okay, material, pick up my garbage, and they will come and grab my garbage? Concurrently. As you're saying it, it'll <laughs> no. be picked up. So there you go. No, the, the thing is, like, um, I won't get into it. There's always been this developer debate of, like, what's better, garbage collection or memory management, you know, allocations and stuff. It's an endless debate. I won't bore you with it here on material. But the interesting part is the Google team dropped this into Android O, which means they can now collect memory back from your apps while your apps are actually running. So previously, they never told us this, but previously it was any apps that were in the background that they're actually claiming memory back off. So your foreground app always had like the most resources and potentially all your other background apps were, you know, getting downsized. But meanwhile, if your foreground app's getting really hungry, I don't know, you're doing some kind of VR thing or mapping or something, like potentially that could actually run out of memory. So this is cool. It can actually reclaim some of that while the app is running and I throw in without any pauses whatsoever. So it's just, yeah, it's seamless. <laughs> It really seems like that was part of so much of what they're talking about, where one of the invisible features of Android O is going to be, we want this to run faster. We want everything to be more stable and secure. We want everything to uh, be better behaved and to use battery and other resources better. And toward that effect, that means that we're going to have a lot of new APIs that we really going to expect you to deal with. And you're going to be very, very unhappy if you don't (laughs) deal with it. Basically, there's like, there's like, uh, there, there's like a new – it's, it's like you've been working with a substitute teacher all this time and now the real teacher has come back after two days to say, okay, no, no. We're, you're, we, we did not say that it was going to be quiet study class in which you're allowed to use your phones. This is going to be three pop quizzes and then you're going to have to do an oral report on chapter 21, which you did not know you are supposed to have read, but we're now telling you you should have read. Are you bringing back old memories from school? Oh, fresh. no. no. Like the corners of my mind, <laughs> freshly watered colored ram states <laughs> oh, yes, of Android O. I'm sorry. I'm supposed to keep everyone on track, but I'm just here to derail. Scattered you know. text view. Please, please say more wonderful things about Google and Android. All right. Let me tell you some more Android stuff. <laughs> Can it be? Background? APIs were so simple then. On battery draining stuff. Or has Wi-Fi. <laughs> And such. Forth. I had three more lines, but I'm going to let you go. I think, <laughs> I think I've proven my point that I'm <laughs> you have indeed. Jerk. They've introduced some new um, background restrictions. This is something Android's been working towards for a while now. So even better stuff. You know, if there's an app in the background and it's asking for your location, or it's trying to you know use your Wi-Fi network and saturate sort of the the modems, which take a lot of power, um, Google's going to be throttling that stuff even more. That's good. More battery life. Who doesn't love it? Um, they've made fonts way easier to put into apps and even downloadable. Um, on the fly, which was always a pain. Like imagine you have, you know, 25 different languages that you have to support and potentially some of those have different fonts. You had to bundle those inside the app. Um, Now they're downloadable. That's pretty cool. This is the one, if there are any Swift developers in this audience, like, you know, potentially something I do sometimes, faster build times, way faster. And we're talking like insanely fast compared to what they used to be. So the bugbear of both um, iOS development under Swift and also Java development under Android is when you hit that compile button, so the idea is you've written a whole bunch of code, you've made a really, really amazing app, and now you want to test it. You press a button, and now you can walk away for like up to a minute and a half. You're like, I'm going to get myself a coffee, I'm going to go to the toilet, I'm going to go for a walk, sometimes even longer. Um, they have streamlined that like so much, including the emulator, which is the thing you run on your um, Mac, PC, or, or Linux machine to actually emulate um, a piece of Android hardware. That used to take minutes to boot, and now that boots almost instantly. In fact, um, they had a failure in one of their developer demos, which was quite funny. I think it was Tor Norby was up there um, giving a presentation, and his emulator crashed, and he's like, not to worry, watch this. And he literally relaunched <laughs> it in like two seconds, so everyone was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> We were hoping for a crash. <laughs> and well, what do you know? Pre-release software came through as, as expected. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm trying yeah, to look I mean, through. Sorry, you go. Well, 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 well t- t- talk to us a little bit more about how excited you are about suddenly having the suddenly having Coatland back uh, as as a as blessed uh, blessed live birth or blessed virgin birth uh, in the development environment. <laughs> oh my goodness, I do miss that. I just I've I had a lo- I've had a lot of cake. I'm not, I'm mainly be fuzzy. No cake. Yes, the developers were. I, I mentioned this last week, but I think it's worth mentioning again because developers are still you know out of their minds about this. Um, it's basically a brand new programming language that lets you build um, apps faster. You know, I was going to say more secure. But it's not really more secure. It's just more less crashy. I guess is the word I'm looking for. More stability, more speed, um, and more fun to code and. I guess you don't realize that it's, I guess, the Stockholm Syndrome. You spend enough time with the Java programming language, and I've spent like 15 years with it. After all, you don't notice all its weird, like, verbosity and quirks and stuff like that. You just write, like, 80, 90, 100 lines of code, and you just <laughs> think about it at all. And then one demo they showed, they're like, here's the standard, you know, 150 lines that you put in pretty much any data class. Here it is in Kotlin, and it was one line of code. And it wasn't one of those weird, like, yeah. oh, wavy hands thing. It was actually that one line of code compiles down into exactly the same bytecode as those... I'm making 150 up, but it was a lot of lines of Java code. It was like, whoa. That that really impressed me because it didn't seem it, it didn't seem like it was like, hey, I understand. I, uh, it's not like Clippy coming in saying, I see that you're trying to create a live <laughs> a, a live window view. I know the code to do that. And I'll call this routine for you. It was more like, here is if if you want to define these two variables that handle these three kinds of content, you write this one line that does it. And then he showed me, well, here showed us, well, here's what it would be like normally in Java. And it's like every single thing. Oh, okay. Now uh, you want to use a number. So let's understand, are we doing base two, base nine, base eight, base, oh, base 10? Great. Okay. Now, are we using a lot of numbers, a little numbers? Like, I just want it's. I'm, it's going to be calculating a fifteen percent tip. Just you know, oh, percentages. Okay, well, now I just want to make a tip calculator. Why do you hate me so much? Hate those so, Java. It really got me excited. Big decimal lovers out there. This is going to make sense to ninety percent of our audience, but someone's laughing out there. Big decimal is gone. Um, so the, some of the other cool stuff you can do in this language is you can extend built-in features. So often, every single developer I talk to has all the same utils classes that they drop into a project. It looks really clunky. It's like this thing dot utils dot do this dot do this, and now you can do it directly on your data structure. So if you have an array or a string or whatever, just if that doesn't mean anything to you, just know that it's it's a million times cleaner, and developers are super happy and. They're starting to build, you know, libraries and things with them already. I saw, um, you know, I saw someone Ben Trengrove, I think, was on Twitter, and he basically built this unit conversion library. So previously, you know, you had to do all this really complicated unit conversion, but in his library in Kotlin, you could just do like one dot kilometer, you know, two miles or something. And you're like, oh, you can actually read that as like, and the Java thing was like, you know, twelve lines long, and no human being who doesn't program would ever be able to, to read that. Yeah, it's stuff like that where I I actually uh, I actually installed uh, Android Developer Studio on my Mac for the first time, uh, and I'm actually going to start trying to learn uh, Kotlin because it really did seem like it would be a more f- I've 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 never liked C for whatever reason, and Java has always looked like it was for people who really enjoy puzzle solving more than I like puzzle solving when again I'm trying to write a tip calculator but the demos it, it certainly didn't make it look like it was designed for like the new version of Microsoft basic is for teaching everybody programming it certainly isn't that but it looks like all this stupid stuff that seems totally unnecessary a lot of it at least has been done away with um, I, I've also really liked uh, uh, notification channels looks like one of those things where uh, see I, I, I I'm an Android user who most of my friends are iOS users and I'm used to to a lot of times like we're at a table and we're all doing the same thing because someone just took a picture and someone like looks over it's like 
how are you doing that? Oh, because this feature. Oh my God, how does that work? And then you know that they're on a hundred point scale, they are now four points closer to switching to Android. Uh, they've added now, so now uh, instead of having you're used to ha- having control over notifications by a- being able to say, nope, this app cannot have notifications, or this app can do alerts, but they can't do lock screen stuff. Now everybody has to, if I understood the the, the talk correctly. Every app now has to do notifications through publishing a channel, uh, hopefully multiple channels of notifications, so that uh, it's not only just saying this should be going through uh, an audible alert that should be doing this. It's saying that I've got an email app, and I've got one set of notifications that is for people who are super VIPs. I've got one set of notifications that are like system level things like, oh my god, your email service is down. Uh, this uh, it's basically so you can you can say things like, okay, I want you to no matter what happens, even if I've told you to not disturb me, definitely tell me if my email is down because I need to know about that immediately. Hey, guess whose email has been down since Friday because of a DNS problem with his uh, mail. Anyway, uh, but I, but I get so much. I get so many emails. I don't really want to get alerted every time something happens, but it would be nice to be told when these three super important people in my life have got something to say to me right now. Uh, and basically any app you can define can now give you that level of granularity. And so so am I right that they do have – now if they're using the old notification system, they no, you even if you want to be stupid lazy and say we're putting all of our notifications in one channel, your new Android O app has to do it through a channel, right? Well, obviously, obviously, if you don't change your app, like if you just leave your app in the store, they're, they're not going to remove all the apps that don't support it. So that part of it is not magically going to fix itself. But I, I'd have to look into this, Andy. I had made a note to look into this, and then I forgot to look into this. But I believe when you recompile against Android, oh, yeah, you have to pick some of those actual channels. Okay, that that would be too bad because even now, one of the nicest features of Android N was having split screen basically available across all devices. But even now, it's like, ah, but how many apps I've got have I got that actually support picture and uh, excuse me, uh, split screen? Uh, and I find that out every time that it occurs to me that boy, wouldn't it be useful to I really? I'm on a bus right now. I would like to split screen this app. No, it doesn't allow split screen. So sometimes you really do have to like put the put the lead pipe into the velvet <laughs> into the velvet case and say, yeah, we would really like you to support this and we're we want this to happen so much that we're going to be really angry with you and make it difficult for you to live if you do not support this feature Ooh, i just i went off and read the documentation it's amazing it's whoever wrote this it's very concise well done um yes like i said if you target android o then you have to implement one or more notification channels um you could still potentially build an app targeted at a different operating system most developers don't do that like that's quite rare but you could potentially still get around it if you want to. I don't know why you'd want to though. Who doesn't want their users to yeah. love them and and have better notifications? I wish I wish my my app were less awesome, and I also <laughs> wish my competitors' apps looked a lot better by comparison. Um, I, I also like the I saw so I saw the accessibility uh, session that had a lot of really cool stuff. Not only talking about how the the opening was really cool and trying to encourage people to support access make their apps. Uh, work better with the accessibility tools, not just because there are people that are relying on developers to do that, to give them the same level of access to Android hardware and software that everybody else has, but also because that it actually makes software better for everybody if you're designing with accessibility uh, in mind. Uh, and there's... Did uh, someone say accessibility? Ooh. I, Ooh. Oh, I damn. Did, did we not you put triggered. a towel under the duct? <laughs> you got, you got a... No, no, no. Um, 
Yeah, that's gosh, that was a terrible transition. <laughs> no, um, go ahead. Go and ahead. my video, my video is frozen. No, um, you know, I, I'm actually really excited about this because I, I mean, I'm excited about all the things, but accessibility is one of the things as we're doing design reviews and we're looking at different apps that people are doing. Um, really, people, some people are, are slacking off on, on this area. You know, we really would like to really encourage people to think of others uh, with different abilities as they're developing apps. And so, one of the things that I always encourage people is to use uh, what is it voiceover so they can see or touch talk back is I think the Android one voiceover is the iOS one um, so they can interact with the screen as if someone that was visually impaired and see what that experience is like and I turn that on a lot for a lot of the design as I'm reviewing <laughs> some apps and I'm going oh my goodness like I am so frustrated right now all right, yes, ma'am. Um, so yeah, no, 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 I'm going to drop this on you, and you weren't expecting this, but I think this uh -oh. is fine. I mean, you've talked about this publicly before. I'd love to know what you and your um, design relations team, is that the official title, were doing in that little little tent. You were apparently doing some kind of design reviews. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. So uh, one of the things that our team does is we do design reviews uh, both while, like, in the company, but a lot of it's for, well, we do it for external partners um, and we host or we do our own ones here, like on my actual day-to-day -day job. But we actually ran a lot of uh, design reviews, I think over 240 design reviews. Uh, it was like over 200 something uh, design reviews for at Google IO, which was awesome. So in those three days, um, there was several people that had different shifts and we we did uh, over 200 of them. So it was pretty, pretty freaking awesome. Uh, so essentially in the design review, you had 15 minutes. So it was really, really short because if you think about it, um, I don't know any other designer that can, you know, design something in 15 minutes. It's pretty, <laughs> I mean, you can have ideas, but you're never going to come up with a like, complete solution, which is fine, essentially. Like that's kind of our, we want to give spark and create feedback and provide that for people. Um, which is always funny though, when people come up with questions, they're like, I really need help solving for this. Like, how do you do that? And I'm going, oh my goodness, I have three minutes. How do I come up with, the, with an answer? <laughs> um, no, but yeah, for the design reviews, a lot of the times we, we put it where you would bring your app and then you can either ask us a question, like if you're saying, hey, I really have a direct question about maybe bottom navigation or this new um, you know, guideline that you introduced, can you help me understand it or figure out how to do this? And then a lot of people just brought their apps and just said, hey, can you just give me general advice? So then we would kind of walk through the through the app together. And if we saw something that maybe was a little off, we would make note of it and, you know, tell them, hey, like this is one of the things that we suggest. And it was amazing because you had developers and designers and product managers from like all over the world that came. Uh, so that was really, really cool to to see you get to work with all these people from all around the world, which is pretty amazing because it just makes your world feel so so much bigger. You know, it's just like, whoa, uh, so many people out there. So yeah, that, that was really fun. Um, I, I actually had one of, so one of the, I did a design review inside Google um, and I actually had one of the developers who was a part of that design review uh, that worked in, in a different company, like all the way from India came and said, hey, like, I just want to thank you for that design review. It was really helpful and all this stuff. And, and that was like a really, really neat thing because you spend so much time on that. And sometimes it's a lot of, it's, it's a lot hard to see the fruits of your labor. Um, but be, having someone come up and tell you how helpful it is, is, is pretty cool. So yeah, I mean, essentially my role is to help people like you, Russell, who are developers and designers, essentially build better apps, right? So um, it is pretty cool because our success is for you to be successful in that regard. Um, and that's kind of a cool feeling. Like we're here to build you up, not necessarily ourselves.
Yeah. Okay, I'm just pausing to make sure you weren't just trying to rickroll everybody after that. <laughs> <laughs> We're always going to build you up. We're never going to let you know. <laughs> uh, never going to hurt you. I mean, that, that must be part of the great stuff of, of, of Google I.O. for, for Googlers, because you're uh, a lot of, because uh, all you people are kind of, the the, the, peop, the developers you're serving are kind of hypothetical. You know they're out there, but you but now you're face to face with them. You can see them. You can sh- they're interacting with you when they're when you're, they're doing a review, saying these are the problems I'm facing. I don't know how to solve them. And you can see like that. Do you, do you get to see that sort of look in their face? Like oh, you just explained to me in twelve seconds what eighteen hours of reading stuff online failed to deliver to me. <laughs> Yeah, there, there is some of that. I mean, when you think of like UX design, essentially a lot of it feels at the end of the, if you do good design at the end of the day, it looks like, oh, of course, that's what you came up with because then like everything feels very natural. Um, but of course, that's not how the process is, right? It, you, it's all about iterating and trying out new things and realizing, oh, that wasn't good or no, it's not simple enough or whatever. Like you, you think through it. Um, so when you do give people those like small tidbits, they're like, oh, oh, like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So it is pretty exciting to see it. Um, I think my favorite part, not my favorite, maybe one of my favorites is when an app, I won't name the app, but I use the app and I've had some frustrations using the app <laughs> and they came and they're like, oh, hey, we're for, you know, we're from X company and we have a design review. And I was like, well, 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 you know, like, pro- pro- I was like, I've been, me- I've been meaning to talk bad. to you. I've been meaning to talk to you. <laughs> no. So I told them, hey, you know, I actually, I use the app very often. They're like, oh, great. Like, then we can kind of get started on. And what are some of the things? And um, hopefully, hopefully you can see some improvements there. But yeah, it's it's just pretty awesome to work with all over the people. I mean, I think if you if you look at our developer relations group, and I know Russell, I believe you're you're one of our partners, so you do. Um, are we allowed to talk about that? I don't know. Oh gosh, it's not um, private. Maybe, like it's, it's not <laughs> private. So I don't know. I don't. Is it? Pri- I'm like I don't know how this works. Um, so we have a lot of developer relations people that work from all over the world, and a lot of those people, um, you know, they come for the event for Google I/O, like partners, but or just developers, but also people that work on our side of Google. So it's pretty cool to to meet everybody. Yeah, I got a quick story here. So there's, I think, roughly 300 or more like um, developer reps. Only like six design reps. Yes, I mean, need to fix this. But the cool thing about it is they're assigned signed by region and we've always had like amazing uh, i was gonna call it luck but there's nothing lucky about it like it's just there's an organizational um thinking that we're here to help developers our job is to help developers the better developers do the better we do so any questions that we have we fire you know off to them if we're unsure about something if we need to get in contact with a different team maybe they've never met before like we just go through them we're like hey I need to do so-and-so on X, Y, Z. And just every single time, I'm just amazed. And I know I'm sounding like I've joined your company and become a shoe, Yasmin, but it is so amazing because <laughs> uh, yes. I won't mention any names, but I've had experiences on the other side of the fence where the very, 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 very low-level developers care a lot. And then you look higher up the organization and you're like, no one else here cares. Like, obviously, this developer cares. You know, she wants to help me out. But the organizational structure that sits above them is like, mm, that's not what we're here for. Developers are to be trodden underfoot. And I'm not... I'm not trying to be hyperbolic. I think Google does a really amazing job of, of developer relations. Well, thank you. Thank you. I've, you know, I've been running this developer team for a long time. I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> zing, actually. Zing, 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 zing. Zing, so, Something, zing. something listen, seemed to turn listen. around for developer relations around three and a half months ago. I don't know what <laughs> yeah. it was. <laughs> well, just, actually, the, 
I I went to Berlin. I've been I've been traveling the world, world traveler now. Um, and I went to Berlin, and I had met up with some people, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we didn't know you had a design relations team." And I was like, "Oh, heartbreak, heartbreak." <laughs> and I said, "Listen, listen, don't take it out on how, me. I've only how hard been here did a couple weeks." <laughs> <laughs> compliment sandwich. No, I'll I did, give I was, you a compliment sandwich. I, I, I just was like, I need a minute, and I ran to the bathroom and cried. But it's okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, yes, no. Um, works at Nest. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Too soon. Uh, Too soon. Whoa, yeah. Um, whoa, yeah. I don't understand that joke, and I laughed for no apparent reason. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, even 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 when the developer makes a joke, you're still supporting that developer by laughing at that. Joke. I'm exactly. That's how yeah. yeah. she is to, to the mandate. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it's. it's <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, we, we are really smart. Our design relations team is very small. It's a small team. Um, and, you know, recently Liam and I joined. And Liam Spradlin is the other design advocate that recently joined who was also a part of uh, kind of the podcasting uh, Android scene. Um, so it's fun to definitely have have someone else to kind of join join in that. But um, and, I mean, we have great other design advocates and, and stuff. So um, but, you know, you, you one person can only do so much. And so definitely as a small team, our, our reach can be limited at times. We don't get to do as much as we'd love to. It's all it's all great stuff. I mean, and also just seeing all the different changes and all the different ways that all, all the stuff that developers have to kind of keep their tabs on that are not. It's in, in Kotlin. You can say, "Well, here's a specific thing, and here's specific techniques. Great problem solved." When it's it's a little bit more analog to here is how to make a, a functional thing into a really good thing, and a good thing into a great thing. Uh, and I mean, just just going back to accessibility, I think it was a. a no, I think it was. As, as if it while you were talking, I didn't go to YouTube to look up the name <laughs> to make sure that I had it. Uh, it was Victor Tsarin who was uh, giving the demo and showing about how I think this is new for O, where because there are fingerprint sensors on the back of, of the phone, they said, well, actually, not only is it a fingerprint sensor, but it's also like a mechanic. It's also something inside a raised sort of thing that someone who is visually impaired can easily find with their fingers. So now uh, they can use it as sort of an up, down, left, right, click pad by swiping up or down left or right or tapping to navigate voiceover and he demonstrated it by taking a selfie just by navigating with that uh, back sensor and that's when i i've i've only dip into accessibility now and then mostly out of curiosity i really should spend more time in it i had no idea it was that sophisticated because the camera app was saying it was uh, giving feedback of the i'm used to the idea of it's reading off what these buttons are and it's reading off hints but it was even doing things like when it got into the camera like human face very close on the right side. So he could line up to make sure that he was lined up, probably saying human face, very close, middle, and then tap the button, photo taken. And then I was switch, switching into the photos app because he took two or three. He knew that it's describing human face, male, right side, very close. That's not the one. Human face, middle. It's like, oh, that's the one I want. And then it's like, my goodness, this is so – it's such an int- – again, there's, there's nothing more important than making sure – for every definition of the phrase, everybody who wants access to technology should have access to technology. How how artificial most of these barriers are, whether they're economic, whether they're accessibility, whether they're regional, you just have to have a commitment to wanting to get this technology in as many hands as possible. And so it's like, I boy, it was such an education for me. Yeah, And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, we hear you. We hear the material hosts. We get that we need to build accessible apps. So what can we do? 
ah, I have an answer for you. <laughs> the material, the material design uh, guidelines of material.io um, actually has some great information on accessibility and usability. So making your apps. So uh, it gives you some great tips if you're a designer or developer to kind of make your apps accessible, which is really, really great. I'm, I'm glad that we, we have that resource. And there's also an app that I use. Um, and I actually think it's one of the apps that we talked about here on the show, like when it was announced a year or so ago, many, many moons ago. It's called Accessibility scanner uh, from Google, and I'm sure that Russell is going to be uh, kind enough to put these these links in the show notes. Uh, but I actually, I love this tool, and I use it all the time when I'm doing design reviews. So essentially, you scan a, a view, a screen on your, in your, on your phone um, via the accessibility scanner app, and it provides you some information like, hey, maybe inc- increase the contrast. The contrast is not, you know, well enough, or in- increase the size of your touch targets because they're pretty small, so a lot of people can miss it, or you know, some some other things of that nature. So it's uh, it also I think tells you the labels if you've labeled things uh, correctly. So definitely check that out. Um, build better apps for everyone. I-, I think it's definitely really important. Yeah, definitely. A couple of things that I put on the list. I don't know about everybody else. Um, I, I was keen to hear more about Android Go. That was the version of slimmed down version of Android designed for inexpensive phones defined, defined as phones that have less than uh, one, one gigabyte or less of application RAM. Uh, we found out a little bit more about that uh, this time. I think talking uh, someone who was someone from Google who was talking to Slash Gear. Uh, the news is kind of even better. It's not like it's a special freak version of Android O. All they've really done is if you are a device maker, here is a different configuration of O that you can install. So essentially it is still stock Android O. They have just configured they, they've just taken out uh features that aren't that waste resources. The default apps that get installed are the slim down apps. It basically makes sure that the version of O that excuse me, it will be O, but it will be a deployment of O that will work really, really great on this piece of hardware. Which so it's it's great because it it really is. It really is making the tent bigger, as opposed to we are willing. We're, there's no kit. It's not like Thanksgiving. We're not putting people in a, in the kitty table where they are. <laughs> it really is a, a version of oh, it got me uh, even selfishly interested because I did I mention last week I did go back and buy uh, that. I, I did go back and buy that uh, jelly foam that I talked about on. Uh, he I bought it. About no, I think you did mention that. Yeah, because I, I usually have the rule that anything that is hardware just don't don't I can't spend ninety dollars hoping that in th- three years after they said they'd ship they're going to ship something that they didn't promise me just to avoid me suing them. Uh, but I just that when I what broke it for me was thinking that uh, over the past three months I've been looking for just an MP3 player and nobody's making really them anymore. Because uh, and they realized that even if I if it's just ninety dollars I'm spending for a uh, mp3 player that will run my favorite android music apps and can use up to 256 gigabytes of storage and have my entire library on it it'll be worth it just for that and then on top of that we'll see how well it works as a phone but android go got me kind of double interested in it because um obviously it's not the the phone is not going to ship until august uh, and actually, they posted an update saying they might even be able to ship a month early because things are moving very. Uh, they actually, they actually had the plan in place and started manufacturing them before, apparently. So, uh, so good news there. But uh, Android Go isn't going to ship until next year. But it got me thinking that ooh, it might be even be more valuable uh, to 
if it's possible to reflash this and reinstall this in the Android Go configuration so that it's not just, oh, isn't it cute that I have this little tiny little version of the phone that runs a smaller thing? If I could get like something akin to my my mega smartphone performance by having a slimmer version of O on there, that's nothing but a win. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I lost count of the amount of developers I saw walking around um, Google I with the Pixel phones in battery saving mode. And they went in battery saving mode because they're under like 15%. They were like on 80% or something. They're like, oh, I know this has to last the whole day. So if you could, yeah, somehow pre-install that on a conference phone or something, that's pretty cool. Oh, and obviously the, the other implications of like, as a user, this is not particularly for me unless I want great battery life. But as a human being, like it, this is amazing to get this onto like really cheap hardware that you know gives people internet connectivity and gives information like right in their hands. Yeah, I'm keen to see how how, how well a stock Android app is going to work. Is this this app another definition of the difference between a Android phone for everybody versus aren't we nice? We are letting you have a four year old version of an Android phone is access to the current Google Play Store. So I'm wondering if not putting anybody on the spot who's in on this call, but I'm 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 interested to see like if if the, the stock version of Pocket Casts will work really really great on this really tiny screen. That remember that one of the differences of this phone is not designed to be we are making a beautiful $90 phone for everybody it's no we realize that there aren't really really tiny phones for people who have smaller hands and smaller pockets we decided there should be a phone out there with a 2.5 inch screen so i'm really curious to see how well these stock apps will work when they're sort of transmogrified down to be made smaller so, <laughs> small i'm looking at it 240 by 433 432 sorry is the resolution i would say most of pocket cast would work it's not going to be the greatest experience <laughs> on earth but i don't see why you wouldn't be able to get all the basic playback features of that size don't quote me on that that's all phil's problem he can sort out the ui if it if it doesn't work if it <laughs> doesn't play then you can come talk to me but yeah I, I think that would work i don't see why not because it's okay this is not a this is not a specific example of an android go phone i'm sure there will be bigger ones that are still cheaper but yeah i don't see any reason why it wouldn't run on on that hardware famous last words i, I think android i think the point of android go is, is it's not like they're going to be making these fisher price like Mickey Mouse little phones i think they're trying to get and, and, and it would pro- actually would probably even be cheaper given that these larger panels are available in quantity from just about anywhere oh, yeah. i think it would be more expensive for them to make a smaller a phone that doesn't have the same size screen as most others um there's also more conversation about it where of course uh my, my first thought uh, probably uh, incorrect in many ways is that oh, it's great because there's so many parts of the world where there's uh, data costs so much money and phones cost so much money that you, know, you can't sell a thousand dollar phone in these parts of the world but the google is also saying that they understand that they part of their planning is that they think that uh, the second largest market for android go configured phones is going to be the united states because of all of these like blister pack phones you buy in the drugstore that have pay as you go plans on them uh and once again it's great to that people that realize that this is a lifeline to so many different people some of it isn't it's not just i can't afford a phone but some people they don't have the credit history so that they can sign up for account or they are fresh to this country and they can't they, if they're going to have a phone, it's going to require them to have to be, to be able to do pay as you go. So, um, <laughs> or, or they're incredibly we, rich, and you know they have some kind of dealings where they have to distribute goods, you know, and they need some kind of burner phone. They should have a good podcasting experience as well. But no, again, yeah, again I mean, we, we we joke about burner phones, but once again, there are people who have again people who have recently let, let's let's be broad and say people who have not gotten documented as uh, citizens yet that they should still have that. That's their ability to get jobs. That's their ability to keep in touch with family is their ability to have a good phone they should be able to have it we should get off google oh really quickly but uh oh yeah, yeah has, 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 has a little friend 
I'm sorry, did uh, Russell, did you buy Andy one? I did, because actually. Wait a second. You did? Yeah, I'm going to do did. this live on the air. Just uh, wait there. I was going to call him out on it, but I'm glad he actually did get you oh. an IO character. You did? I'll, t- I'll, I'll take it. I'll be little friends, and I'll, I'll use him as an ambassador when someone comes to the office. And really cool. Oh, Yay. what's that? Yes, mean two. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. So, so what you're holding right now. So last year at Google I.O., I got uh, Andy one of those little the IO like sixteen figurines. There you go, you have oh. it. Which is and which? It, have it is it? It has been like oh. on the little oh, table the of knickknacks I enjoy having right here. Of course, it's, it's MIB. Oh, that's great! No, I can keep one. I can keep one mint in box and one I can play with. Wait a minute, that's great. I didn't perfect. Perfect. two of these. Wait, hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This <laughs> Wait, yes, this did you get the one desk. for Andy as well? No, I just came to uh, to tease you in case you didn't get it for him. No, so, I, got it. Uh, I haven't posted no, it I yet, did. obviously, because they're both here. But. Well, good, yes. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> you, you should probably ship that from the States before, yeah, before yeah. you and go. I bought, and I bought customs. you a cake. I, I offered yes. you cake at the start of this without without any strings attached. I did fine. hear someone knock on my hotel door, Andy, and I'm like, cake delivery, awesome. But no, it wasn't. <laughs> oh, it wasn't no, no, no. Yes. Yeah. So they, I'm, I'm glad that Russell got you a IO figurine. Those are always fun. So if you are at IO... Make sure to pick up one of those IO figurines. It's kind of a fun way to remember the years you've been there. Yeah, and you can collect one of these. There's two super quick things I want to say before we get off the, the keynote and everything else. Uh, autofill system-wide, this is if you have usernames uh-huh. and passwords that you're trying to fill. Even if you happen to use a third-party app like um, LastPass or 1Password, Android Auto supported. That's going to be amazing. And you don't have to do that whole weird keyboard workaround hack. That, you so, know, so, so, even, so even a third-party app can plug yes. into this and be a service for, oh, yes. that's super great. That's what I'm so excited about because I've never been super comfortable about giving, I don't know why, but Google my login or even Apple my login. Like I don't use iCloud Keychain. I don't use the whatever the Google Keychain is. I, I prefer that to be in the hands of someone who doesn't also have like the rest of my data. I'm weird like that. So this is cool. <laughs> I love that they've extended it to third parties. And what I've titled here in the show doc, better a text selection. So place names, addresses, phone numbers, um, it will recognize them. So if you happen to select the end of a place name and it's like, oh, I know it's a place name, it'll actually select the start you know, for you. Same with phone numbers. If you select in the middle of a phone number, it'll give you the rest of it. Small thing, but really cool. Mm. That's uh, That really got my attention. I think they mentioned it during the keynote even because that sounds a lot like Apple data de- detectors, which is a feature that they've had in iOS for a long time. And they Apple has demonstrated that they are very lawsuity about other companies that and preach on their absolutely unique and no one would ever have come up with it feature of if you t- if you tap on a phone number it's auto selects the phone number as yeah that's kind of stupid so i'm curious to see if something has changed to make them think that it is safe for us to roll out this feature or if they said we have a, we have an army of a million ai powered <laughs> robots that will sue you individually in every county you know what, not, Andy, I'm not, a, I'm not a patent lawyer, but I do play one on TV sometimes. Um, the implementation is different. I assume that's how they're getting around it. So rather than turning blue and you tapping on it, um, it's actually you select it and it selects the rest of it. So maybe same with like sliding to unlock. You know, on most Android phones, you slide up because Apple's like left to right. That's our thing. But anyway, we're off topic. We're off topic. Well, we're, we, are, <laughs> we are a material podcast. And I'm here, so let's let's keep this this party going. <laughs> uh, yes, rolling like, on to the next thing. on the patent uh, Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm more trying to keep a, you know, it's hard to book rooms uh, at Google. You you like uh, only are book your, your own certain room and then um, people stand outside the window and stare at you. I still have a few more minutes, so we should, okay, but we should sorry. definitely like um, wrap this thing up because I heard your, you had questions. Yeah, I heard. Yeah, well, again, this, this, is, this is our 100th episode, uh, 100 episodes, that's why I 
use the excuse of, of getting the cake. And so, like, can't, it's hard to, it's easy to believe because we get along so well that we've made it to 100. Not not so easy to believe that we've made it to 100 after losing you a few episodes ago, but still. <laughs> so I thought, that, so I, I, I thought that uh, maybe it'd be interesting if we each ask each other a personal, within reason, whoa, question whoa, whoa. that has always been hey, on our minds. Settle down here. That's always oh. been on our minds. Oh goodness! <laughs> that, well, if there's if there's something again that would be <laughs> oh, off topic and without well, again see. without without getting into anything it that like very you leading know, Andy. only my this tattoo could, artist. I think we should almost start because I just want to hear what, what your <laughs> yeah. What are your questions, Andy? <laughs> I'd like to ask Russell. Like, your, your company is famous for Pocketcasts, which is one of those many like independent developer companies where they make one completely awesome app that gets their entire focus, and that's for the reason why it's off. It's awesome because they're not they're not trying to create a portfolio of anything but what attracted you to doing a podcast obviously you got the talent that you could write pretty much anything you want why did you those years ago say pocket cast is going to be that's the one that i really want to lose sleep over every night trying to figure out how to do this that is a good question Andy. in fact pocket cast was the first app we built when we went full-time so we had an australian weather app but we built that um, as a side project for two years and then we we quit We're like we quit Bye-bye, suckers. No, we were, we were good to the people we work with. Um, but the, the thing is, we're like, what do we build now? Like, we had never had, you know, 40 hours a week or more in the early days to spend on something. We're like, what do we do? What do we do? And I looked down and I think back then um, I was still trying to consume audio. I think the Twit network was, was one of the biggest sources back then. I think, you know, a few other networks were in there as well. And you had to, like, imagine this. You had to plug in your physical phone into your computer with iTunes and iTunes would download the file and then iTunes would sync the file. And then if you missed it somehow, you're like, oh, missed it. You're in the car and now you're pinching to Zooming like Safari trying to find that little tiny link because no, no websites were browser, no other way around. Yeah, no websites were built for, for mobile phones back then. You're trying to tap this little link. And not only that, Apple had this ridiculous feature that the second your screen locked, your stream would stop. So imagine you're driving in the car. You don't want to sit there like tapping your phone uh, <laughs> incessantly and the phone would lock while you're not watching and all the people's voices that you love would just disappear. And that's how Pocket Cast was born. Interestingly enough, this is the last little tidbit. Um, Apple at the time was banning apps. So we started on iOS of all places and they were like, no, 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 no podcast apps. We make one of those. And there was a developer, I feel so bad, I've forgotten his name there, but he was pushing it really hard. He kept submitting his app and he kept submitting his app. He tried to circumnavigate the the app store. You know, he made a big deal about it. And I think mainly because of him, Apple eventually, you know, relented. And it was just at the time that we'd gone full time, we're like, we can build a podcasting app now. And we were so excited to just simplify that whole experience, I guess. And for ourselves, we didn't care about the rest of you. <laughs> the origin story. <laughs> yes, me a question for either one of us. Ooh. Oh, all right, Andy. I guess I don't. I don't know this. Um, how did you get into your career um, of like journalism, tech uh, journalists, but also podcasting? Like, how did that evolve? How did that get started? Damn it, I was going to ask Almost. how you got into podcasting. That's a good one. <laughs> Um, uh, there are a couple of cool stories there. Getting into tech journalism was by accident. I always, I always knew that my, I always felt like my career would be slash should be a combination of writing code and writing. I figured that I'd be writing operating systems, but also writing stuff on the side and it wound up, wound up being kind of the, the flip way around. Uh, and I was an active volunteer at the Boston Computer Society Mac group where helping to one of the five or six people that would spend a lot of time every month like planning the meetings uh and one of the things that because back in those days getting getting the projector to work with a mac was always an if then else sort of proposition so i 
had this sort of thing sort of standing by uh, at the entrance to the meeting there would be we'd have like two or three hundred people at the meeting i had like my actual my actual return of the jedi lunchbox from when i was a kid uh, on the on, on at the entrance with uh, index cards and golf pencils and if you had a question like a problem you're having with the machine or whatever just write it out put it on the card and every time something broke down i would fill time by grabbing the lunchbox reading a question at random and answering them and one month uh, one month the the guests at the meeting were the editors in chief of like all each of the four major like Mac magazines because Mac World Expo was in town, and uh, at at the end of that meeting, I was confronted by all four of them asking because I'd, I'd answered like on the fly like five or six or seven questions, and two of them like gave me job offers, and I wound up with a Q and A column after that. And soon enough, I was making enough money that it was become okay. I'm going to be a writer who also writes code on the side. Uh, Podcasting was mostly started with uh, Leo Laporte at uh, at, at Twit. Uh, this was when uh, there used to be this thing called the Mac Geeks Cruise, a uh, a tour organizer had this really great idea where we will have regular like cruises on like the regular cruise lines and the deal is that of course when the ship is in port everybody's off having fun at the beach and stuff but in like the day and a half that we're at sea between these ports there's we have the conference rooms we'll be teaching people how to use photoshop and teaching people about mac Uh, i was invited on a bunch of these and leo was invited on a bunch of these and so he had to do mac break weekly like on the ship with whoever was available i wound up doing a couple of those so it's, it's, it's it happens like the way that a lot of podcasts happen where you don't really plan things out it's just that you happen to have been invited as a guest on a show you had a good time they had a good time a year or two later after a couple other times of they need a guest and they ask you suddenly somebody gets a great job at google and they can no longer be a part of the podcast <laughs> and now a permanent seat gets opened and then suddenly a regular and suddenly you get invited to be part of the show every weekend it's done it's it's it's, it's I, I think it's it's been a lot of fun because i my man i have i redefined my mandate like 10 or 15 years ago that i'm not i, I want to educate people about what they i think is really important for them to know and when podcasting came along i just thought to me that no this is another way that i can get there are people who don't like to read stuff online i'm going to get the people who like to get things via podcast so i've always been really really pleased and really uh, proud of it yeah, and Andy, you are uh, you are a listener favorite because I've had uh, I've gone out to like have lunch and beers and whatnot with a lot of listeners uh, that are in the Bay Area, um, and one of the things I always ask him like, oh, so you listen to the podcast? How did you find out about it? And just kind of get some information. Um, and a lot and uh, a lot of them are just like huge Andy fans. And I, I was you know as a tear is running down my cheek, <laughs> I'm like, all right, who's your favorite? Who's your favorite? And then it's like Andy, and I'm like. <laughs> It's cool. It's cool. But look who's actually out with you, you know, whatever. Uh, No, 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 no. Uh, So and a lot of a lot of people have said, yeah, you know, because of Andy, you had I think it was that show with uh, with Leo. They they kept on following you and then found out you had another podcast out there and then they kind of started listening. And so, um, yeah, it's definitely you're definitely a well-known figure in the podcasting industry. I mean, in journalism, tech journalism at all, always, I mean, abroad, but just in (laughs) podcasting, like a lot of people do follow your work so there are a lot of a lot of andy fans out there all right yasmin i have a question for you yasmin Evian, your campaign Ooh. seems to have the momentum of a runaway freight train why are you so popular <laughs> no seriously though um I, I wanted to ask you like in the last two years like you've gone through like a, a lot of career changes you've switched to several oh jobs gosh. You've, you're now at google which several. is like yes you're just, making me sound no, no. like i'm like no <laughs> No, I'm serious. You're like making you, it sound so bad. Yeah, so, yeah. So this many is your life, Yasmin. <laughs> this is your life. Yeah. And now, now you're at Google. Oh like, gosh. What 
What does that feel like to actually be there? Like, do you tell us about it? Like, do you sit back and you go like, I can't believe I'm here? Or do you feel like I belong here and I've got more to give? Like, what What are your thoughts? Gosh, um, you know, it's funny. Like, so one of the things that everyone, they tell you joining Google, it's everything is such a whirlwind because everything runs 100 miles per hour. And so it's sometimes hard to think. Like, I'm, I mean, like, <laughs> to really stop and take the time to think about, like, holy smokes, where am I? And like, where have I done? What, what have I done? And, but I have been doing a lot of uh, reflecting as well. I mean, two years ago was my first Google I.O. and I got to go via Women Tech Makers and just the opportunities that that opened. And I'm a huge fan of the Women Tech Makers team at Google and Natalie, who leads that team, Natalie Villalobos. So I could talk about her all day. But, you know, I got to go, but I, you know, I took the initiative of reaching out to people that I was interested in. Like you, Russell, you were one of the people that I reached out to and said, hey, like, would love to say hi, even though we had to stand there for an awkward 10 minutes, uh, <laughs> you know, of like kind of having this like really slow conversation of like, so what do you do? What's that? And, and whatever. I like and stuff. You got like me- stuff too. <laughs> you like stuff. That's oh. cool. Um, <laughs> and you, you know, like you, soup. I, get I can eat soup all the time. <laughs> all the time. It's amazing. So y- you do that. And I mean, everyone on your team w- was really great, um, Russell. And I mean, now, you know, we've become really, really good friends. And, be- you know, you reached out afterwards. You had already Andy as the other co-host. You were going to start material and asked me to be a part of the, of the show. And I remember that conversation with my, my husband, like, oh my gosh, like Russell invited me to be a part of this show. And he's like, who, what, Android, what, you know, what's going on? And, uh, and I told him and <laughs> I, re- like, and I yes, remember that. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, whatever. I don't understand. No. Um, and I, I, and I do remember this time, like having dinner with, with my family. Um, and I was telling him like, I don't know if I should do it. Like, do I even really know that much about Android or like, what about if I don't know something I look stupid, like just all these like self doubts that you get going into it. And I remember him just being like, Yasmin, you're like the biggest nerd that like I've, I know that knows all this stuff. Of course you, you need to do it. Like just, just do it, you know, and stuff. And um, if you want to add, add to that, Russell, but it's just like, if you look at that part of my career in terms of where I was and just how the podcast did play an instrumental role in that and where I am now at Google, like I just, it just, it doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't feel real. Um, so yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I have a really quick tiny follow-up question. For this one, I'm going to dive deep back into the episode archives mm. for, um, in fact, back to last year's Google O. Are you now friends with Apana? <laughs> no. No? You guys uh, you sent her a LinkedIn no, request. I've, what happened? Oh my gosh. It was meant to gosh, be. No, no, I I had, I haven't caught up the courage. That's like too awkward. <laughs> I have I will say this. I will say this. So like um in some events, I mean Googlers are there, duh. It's I work at Google now, right? Um but like there was one event um where I saw the CFO of of uh we, we had a profile on her. Um, and of course, I'm rem- forgetting her name, but it was the CFO that like essentially uh, broke her hand and worked through without any pain medication because of, you know, because she was, um, she didn't want to, she wanted to be able to keep thinking straight as she was solving this issue, yes. bid- yep. beating developers. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I'm like, this woman is in front of me. Oh my gosh. And then sitting next to me, it was this like head of diversity who I've also had like read a profile on who I've like kind of uh, looked up to and, and admired. And I'm just sitting here like, 
is this really happening? Like, I just can't believe it. Um, I mean, I think the, the biggest, the biggest thing about Google is, um, the people are generally like awesome. They're all really welcoming and just really kind and have reached out. And, um, you know, some people have reached out who actually came to Google from, you know, kind of the journalist background and they've kind of, were like, Hey, we know what it's like to be on the outside and now in, like, if you ever need some help or they provide some stuff like to help you. So, yeah, I mean, if you look in two years time, I, yeah, if you would have told me this two years ago, <laughs> I don't know what I've, I would Two years from you. now, we expect like bigger and better. Yes, I mean, all right, I have oh a, my gosh. I think what's a fairly quick question for Andy. Andy, um, I tally up all the money you make in podcasting and writing articles and whatever else you do to doing an income. I put it together. I had 10%. What would you do <laughs> with your career now that you have that money coming in? Would you change anything? Probably not. The only, the only, reg the only regret, and this is literally true. Uh, like right after Pixar released uh, the first to Toy Story movie, um, I got a tour of the Pixar offices. It was then offices next to an oil refinery, literally, <laughs> <laughs> because because a, a fellow wrote this really great book on RenderMan that I uh, that I'd read a few years ago and was really a big fan of, and we got to know each other on CopyServe. He invited me down to oh yeah, I was going to be in town for MacWorld Expo or something, and Greg gave me two. And then so everything looked kind of like the whole office looked like people were kind of shoehorned to one place or another. And he said that oh well, there's a you know, well, we're doing a lot of hiring now because we're moving. And I, I keep that's the only thing I would change is say, do you have any need whatsoever for someone who is has no experience writing stuff like that, but is like a tech columnist that maybe could write other things for you? Because back then it was like, oh no, I'm just hanging out with this my friend from CompuServe and would be rude to say something like that. Also, what, gosh, I'm just a tech columnist. It's like, yeah, you could have asked. I know you're, I know you're like 25, 26. <laughs> you could have asked, and the worst thing that would happen there would have been eight seconds of awkwardness that you would have forgotten about 20 years ago. Instead of thinking, wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that? There isn't there an interesting alternative universe in which Andy asked that question? But no, nothing else I would have changed. Hmm. But I think some good career advice. Is there someone with a broom like knocking at the, <laughs> swatting at the door? Yes, I mean. Yeah, I, I need uh, to wrap here. up there. Where you know the, the Googlers are really nice here, but they're they're, they're vengeful. Have, they have long actually, memories and they're vengeful. I, I don't. I, there, there's actually a stormtrooper like uh, cutout that's facing. <laughs> it's actually hilarious because it's actually like facing the window of the office, like pointing directly at me. So I think they're saying, "Speed it up, speed it up," because we got to go. <laughs> uh, so we do we do have to wrap up just because I have to get out of here. And you know, it's hard not having a, a setup where it's already set up for me. I have to like wrap everything up and my makeshift uh, stand over here, my microphone. So um, thanks so much for having me on the 100th episode. It's been, it's a blast. I've, like I've said last time, I missed you both. Uh, and my life is like, <laughs> my life is completely different from what it was uh, two months ago. It's, I've been at Google maybe two months and, you know, a, lot, a big role, a big thing of, of what my life was, was this podcast of doing it every week. Um, but also just the the friendships that we made and being in contact and putting the show together and all that stuff. And so like that definitely, I, I do miss you all. Um, it's something that I, the podcast was, it was a big part of my life. So uh, all the listeners that are out there that have reached out and said, and you know, we, we talked about it, they were like, yeah, it kind of feels like we lost a friend too, because you know, you <laughs> talk to us every week um, and stuff. And we, you're just <laughs> literally, literally the time you say, well, she, Yasmin, 
has just gone to a much better place. Oh, gosh. I, felt, I did listen. Literally. So, so I've been listening to the follow-up. You know, I've been listening to the episodes, and I think the one or two episodes after, I was like, y'all, I'm, I'm still alive. Like, stop making it sound like I died here. Uh, well, we're, we're still a little bit hurt, okay? We're so, out of sorts, I, all right? So, we apologize. I, we shouldn't have said that thing about your glasses. They're, they're lovely, oh, gosh, charming gosh, glasses. Oh, gosh, I know. Yeah, they're, that's, that was unkind. No, what, I think one, someone said, like, I think you broke their hearts. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, a little oh, gosh, bit. A tiny, I was a little, little bit. bit. I was like, oh, so yeah, so it's been fun. So it's been fun. Um, miss everyone and the show and all that. So if you are at Google or you are at an event, come say hi. I always like la- talking to listeners and stuff. I've had some Googlers that are big fans of the show reach out. And of course, Yasmin is, it's always Russell or Andy who are the favorites, you know, I, I don't, I'm not hurt or anything. And but if you live in go. some exotic country, Hawaii, Fiji, um, I don't know, someplace that Yasmin really wants to go and you have a team of uh, totally. developers that need a design totally. review, you should contact Google. There we go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> have Google send me out. I will happily go to Hawaii. <laughs> I do get to travel. I just got back from like, so I got back from Berlin. I went for a week long trip in Berlin for like a, doing a design sprint and then came back Mother's Day weekend. My family flew in um, and then IO. So this whole week, I'm just like, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. <laughs> but it's awesome. It's, I mean, it's all amazing. Stuff. You're exhausted, but you're doing like freaking awesome stuff. So it's great. Yep. Um, but I want to thank everyone for listening. Andy, where can people find you? As usual, spell my last name. You'll get to anatgo.com. You'll get to anatgo on Twitter, anatgo on Instagram, uh, or go to the Chicago Sun Times site at suntimes.com or do all four. All four, all four. And Russell, where can people find you? I'm going to give you a special URL just for episode 100 pocketcast.com you'll find me down the bottom somewhere if you scroll really really hard <laughs> and i'm at yasmin evian on twitter you can uh, find me there you can find the podcast at, at material podcast on twitter as well as material podcast at gmail.com to send in some notes and also on the web at relay.fm forward slash material until next time stay in material 